Hello and welcome to Rewind Design, a Cottage Country podcast. My name is Katie McNabb and I'm a local interior designer here in Cottage Country. So I design cottages all over Cottage Country, but I focus mainly in Georgian Bay. So I'm really excited to announce this is the first episode of season two of Rewind Design. Woo! Can't believe we made it through season one and now we're on to season two. And while season one focused on intimate stories of cottage history, season two is focusing on sustainable design along the shores of Georgian Bay with an emphasis on protecting the shoreline via green energy, green building methods, and the maintenance and preservation of natural landscapes. So I'm so so happy to announce that with the support of the Georgian Bay Land Trust, I'll be interviewing a variety of guests for this podcast that include builders and contractors, architects, landscapers, and we're going to be discussing best practices when building sustainably on Georgian Bay. So that is island properties and cottage properties all along the coast of Georgian Bay. So the purpose of season two is to educate Georgian Bay cottagers and the locals on benefits of sustainable design and that's presented through this podcast and blog. And I'm just so extremely honored to receive funding from the Georgian Bay Land Trust. I won the King Family Bursary for 2023 in support of my project Rewind Design Season 2. And I'm such a huge advocate for sustainable design architecture. And we all know that development on Georgian Bay is inevitable. So it is my goal to help current and future generations become just even more educated on sustainable ways of building and designing to protect our treasured Georgian Bay shores and ecosystems for generations to come. So to get into that, on this week's episode, I am speaking to Rupert Kindersley, the executive director of the GBA Georgian Bay Association, and we talk about so many things in this episode, so I won't get too much into it and I'll, we can just jump right in. Very excited to speak with Rupert on this week's episode and really launch season two of Rewind Design. Just a heads up, me and Rupert actually recorded this last year um, before I realized I was going to be doing a season two. So some of the things we talk about may not be quite relevant in terms of dates of events. So just just a heads up, uh, we talk about a few different events that happened in 2022. So those are just for reference. Thanks. All right. Hello, Rupert. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. My name is Katie McNabb, and I'm the host of Rewind Design, a cottage history podcast. And um, yes, today we have Rupert Kindersley on the show today, who is the executive director of the Georgian Bay Association. So let's just jump right into this. So welcome, Rupert. <laughs> thank you for having me on your show. It's uh, It's a pleasure. Um, I think uh, you want to know what the GBA is all about. Um, we are an advocacy group, which is, means that we uh, advocate to all levels of government to uh, try and get them to do the right thing in terms of uh, protecting the Georgian Bay and the ecology. Our mandate is to protect the ecological integrity of the Georgian Bay um, and protect the interests of our members. Our members are basically on the... Uh, east and north coast of Georgian Bay, where the islands are, uh, where the Canadian Shield um, area of Georgian Bay is uh, located. Um, so we've been around uh, since uh, 
1916, so we're 106 years old this year, which is a fairly long time. My role as executive director and the uh, only uh, full-time employee besides Cosette, who you know, um, <laughs> right now is, is, is actually another full-time employee, but uh, is to uh, <clears throat> to run the show. Um, I do have a wonderful uh, marketing and communications uh, uh, assistant and uh, and bookkeeper and of course Cosette. Um, we have um, a board of 23 directors uh, drawn from our 17 full member associations, the largest six get two directors, and we have one associate. Uh, we do a lot of work with the uh, Georgia Bay Charities, uh, Georgia Bay Land Trust, Georgia Bay Forever, and Georgia Bay Biosphere. Uh, we also um, leverage relationships with other organizations like the Federation of Ontario Cottages Association, the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Cities Initiative, which are much larger organizations, but we have a, a lot of common purposes so we can work constructively together. Yeah, and really, um, I have to say, probably the, the, the best part of the people, I work with a wonderful group of directors and, uh, and a broader um, a network of, uh, of people that I, you know, that I do a lot of business with. The, the executive directors of the other Georgia Bay uh, organizations, which all three of which are charities, by the way. We are not a charity. Uh, we are a for-profit advocacy organization. So, and 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 learning. I learn stuff all the time. Um, so, I mean, uh, it, that that is fantastic. I, I love to learn new stuff and get new insights into issues. Yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page there because. Um a big reason I'm starting this podcast is to learn more and more about the area that we live in. And um, I think it's really important to work with organizations like the GBA to just even be more aware of what's going on in the area, especially being a cottager, since you're linked to how many, was it 17 cottage associations? Yeah. So we have uh, roughly 3000 families that are members. And in fact, we did a, a survey recently to find out just how many people uh, the average number of people that are using each or you know living in each cottage for a seasonal residence mainly and it was much higher than we thought it was almost 12 so uh, we represent around 35,000 people um, which is a lot um, wow. and, um, and as I say a lot more than we thought uh, we've been saying well, 18 to 20,000 for many years and uh, we were underestimating it. So, of course, on top of that, there are a number of people on the Bay who are not members of their association. And in, in essence, we look after their interests too, whether they're members or not, uh, because they're all there. They, a lot of them have the same kind of interests and concerns that we do. Um, you know, I guess the big, the biggest issue for us right now is the uh, growth of the uh, GTA, the population in the GTA and the development that is that this is creating which are steadily spreading north um of course in the covid era uh, which i guess we're still in maybe um <laughs> uh, that uh, expansion north took a big, big leap forward with everyone buy property and buy boats and and, and generally get away from uh, urban centers where the risk of catching covid was perceived to be higher which is probably true um so you know that added to those development pressures um we are we are spending a lot of time and effort working with the coastal municipalities 
to preserve the integrity of the planning regulations so that any development um, building on the bay is done in accordance with those um, planning regulations, which are good regulations. They're there for a reason. Um, they've, they've done us proud. But preserving, there are a lot of people out there who are trying to circumvent those regulations and structures or whatever that are outside of the regulations. And uh, this is something that we need to keep an eye on, support our associations and our municipalities in ensuring that that doesn't happen. There's a number of projects um, uh, that spin out of that that we're, we're undertaking right now. Um, otherwise, um, you know, the on the issue that's probably the most important for our members over the last 106 years has been water quality. Uh, so we do a lot of yeah. work on that. Um, this year, for instance, is the 50th anniversary of the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement, and we are intimately involved in commenting on that uh, performance over the last 50 years and what they are going to be doing in the future. We formed a new organization uh, with others called the Great Lakes Eco-Region Network, which will coordinate public comment on that, on this extremely important event in September and, uh, you know, making sure that the governments are doing the right thing in protecting water quality and things actually are improving. Yeah, I feel like the GBA is really encompassing so many different factors on the bay, like you're protecting so many different things. It's not just the ecosystem. It's not just the coast. It's like, it's also the water quality. And it's also, um, you know, in terms of building, not building too big, like there's a lot encompassing the GBA. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we, we actually uh, pulled together in a, in a recent uh, update publication, <clears throat> a list of the top issues that we're dealing with and um turned out there were 48 of them and i can tell you that oh doesn't God. cover everything <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, i mean uh, i think um over the years and particularly in recent years uh, we have been asked to address a, a large range of issues <clears throat> we can only do this through the relationships we've established with the, with the organizations i mentioned earlier and through the of our wonderful board of 23 volunteer directors um, who do a lot of work on everyone's behalf. Um, so without that, we wouldn't be able to to, to do what we do. Um, For sure. And uh, as you know, another issue that has been very important uh, recently in 2013, there were extreme low water levels. And then very quickly in 2019 and 20, we sprang up to extreme high water levels. And this is what we can expect going forward. Um, more extreme highs, more extreme lows, shorter gaps between them, uh, gradually getting worse uh, unless the world does something about climate change, which doesn't look particularly likely at this point. Um, there's yeah. really not enough action being taken. Definitely in favor of sustainable design and um, protecting our ecosystems. And that's kind of what I'm interested in talking about in terms of interior design and architecture on the bays, you know, maintaining our ecosystems and what kind of individual cottagers can do to protect our coastal shorelines. And, you know, if there's things that they can be doing, like at an individual level per cottage to, to help the ecosystem and sustainability. Well, that's good. There's a lot of things individual cottages can do. And every little effort helps um, in terms of, you know, how you deal with your garbage, uh, keeping your shoreline natural state as much as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, things like uh, the washing machine filters, if you have one, 
Um, yes. So and and making sure that your uh, septic uh, system, whatever that might be, is working properly, um, and all these things can help. Um, and if everybody does it, it makes quite a big difference. So I, I'm, that's a, a great uh, uh, area that you've got yourself into, <laughs> Katie, and, uh, and, and and I hope it works well because it's it's something that people are interested in learning about. So uh, not just for new builds, but you know what they can do with their existing cottage. Yeah, I think it would be good to develop some sort of analysis for cottagers, whether they be um, new cottagers or even generational cottagers that have existing cottages. And obviously for new builds too, to kind of go through a checklist of um, how they can be the most sustainable, how they can be the most eco-friendly. And um, I'd love to talk to the Georgian Bay Biosphere about kind of developing something like that. And um, obviously incorporating, you know, the washing machine filters and even with landscaping, you know, keeping everything native species, maintaining that natural shoreline, it all kind of flows together and um, maintains our geography here. Another big one is plastics pollution. And uh, we uh, were one of the organizations that helped Norm Miller get his uh, bill through on banning uh, dock foam, uh, unencapsulated ah. dock foam, I should say, um, which is currently in the development of the regulation stage, which we are also going to be involved with. Um, this That's is pretty wonderful. important. When uh, some shoreline cleanups were done a few years back, 95% of what they picked up was unencapsulated dock foam particles. So it is a very major visible plastics uh, polluter in, in Georgian Bay. In terms of microplastics, they tend to come from other things, uh, but also from, from dot foam as well. Um, but that, that, that stuff you can't see so easily. But this, you know, the, what they picked up on the shore, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> How much of this yeah. stuff is around. Um, and uh, one thing that all cottagers can do if they have any unencapsulated dot foam docks is that they can plan to switch over to encapsulated or some other dock structure that doesn't cause this pollution um but that's an important consideration for everybody yeah for sure you definitely see a lot of that blue foam around and i'd love to not see that anymore <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping that over time everyone will switch to uh encapsulated dock foam or uh, they were even better but more expensive uh, dock structures and no doubt technology will catch up at some point and provide even more options for people that don't you know for structures that don't pollute yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I just wanted to ask a question just back to the origins of the GBA. Can you just explain kind of, I know you just had recently the 100 year anniversary, but can you explain how, when and why the GBA Association was founded originally? Oh, okay. Originally? So actually the original purpose of the GBA back in 1916 was to form an association between existing cottager associations um, to counter things like uh, theft, <laughs> which was quite really? prevalent back then, um, and to work out a system of, of um, you know, people buzzing around in the winter, which is when the thefts were occurring mainly, uh, to ensure that uh, that was reduced, which was quite successful. Um, it then morphed into uh, water quality and, uh, you know, uh, uh, water levels and all the other things that we deal with um, and, and sort of gradually grew over the years. And of course, more associations joined it um, and to the point where we now have 17. Um, 
But that that actually was the original driver. <laughs> Seriously, that's so interesting. I've been reading the book um, "Passions of Georgian Bay" about the founding of the Archipelago Township, and it's probably you know it talks a lot about the Georgian Bay Association. Well, the GBA had a big hand in in forming the uh, TOA, um, as, as you probably read in the book. There, um, the, the the main players all came out of the Georgian Bay Association, actually. Mm-hmm. The people who put it together, Wally King and, and the rest of the Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Wally's a great guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Well, the town yeah, of the Archipelago yeah, has been a very successful um, municipality in terms of uh, its, its uh, success in protecting the environment within it uh, since it was formed in 1980. Um, and its planning regulations have been copied by many other municipalities because of uh, they, uh, that are also interested in prioritizing protective protection of the environment, which more and more municipalities are switching over to prioritizing that over the built form. So, um, they, they, they've become a model, uh, organization in that respect. But actually, the township of Georgian Bay has excellent bylaws and, and, uh, and the official plan as well. So. Yeah, I think it's really important to balance um, like the environment and ecosystem with new building because, you know, it's we're also a tourism industry up here and we rely a lot on the cottagers up here that, um, you know, double, triple or quadruple our population up here. And obviously the cottages up here are beautiful, are just in such a wonderful place in the world that obviously we all love and love coming up here for generations and generations but it is a really fine line with building too much and kind of being obtrusive on the ecosystem so i very much appreciate the township and the planning that they have here yes i mean we we recognize that uh, georgian bay is for everyone and in fact that is the title of a joint publication that we put together and we've just updated recently with uh, boating ontario so we work closely with the boating community to um, encourage mutual respect between cottagers and boaters because we all need to share uh, this resource responsibly and keep it in good shape. Of course. Yeah, I think it's just, it's mainly a balanced thing of, yeah, respecting our environment and also um, allowing people of every kind to come and visit. Balancing it all is definitely not an easy task. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. But we uh, keep, uh, you know, boating Ontario and ourselves, we keep putting the uh, message out. I think it's getting through. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Do any architects or designers right now, do they kind of work closely with the GBA or are they kind of more divided? Uh, it's not an area that we um, we do a lot of work in or any work in, really. Um, I think it's that's down to, uh, I mean, I'm certainly at the municipal level on the planning side of things, but uh, also individuals and individual tastes. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, we do encourage everyone who's building something new to to make sure that they uh, build discreetly so they're tucked into the, uh, and and they blend with the landscape rather than be too much in in your face. Um, uh, And, and, uh, Unfortunately, I think uh, some of the new builds in, in Georgian Bay are not really respecting that, um, whereas some of, a lot of the older buildings, you know, are, are well protected, uh, you know, with a screen of trees or whatever. Um, 
So there's there's definitely a variety out there. Um, yeah, and everyone, you know, everyone has different takes on things, and we we can have our own opinion. And I think you know, Rupert, we're on the same page here. Um, but you know, you boat around Georgian Bay, and honestly, for me, the most beautiful cottages are the ones that are kind of tucked away in the trees and blend in, and are more so respecting of the environment. Really, you know, you're really there for uh, what Georgian Bay has to offer. And I feel like we're just, we should just be so grateful that we have the opportunity to live and enjoy our summers in such a beautiful place. I know I'd sent you some questions too about your personal cottage history, because I do believe that you also grew up kind of coming up here in the summers, right? Yes. Well, um, just going back a little bit, um, my my great-great-grandfather bought uh, the first islands in our family back in 1881, so quite a long time ago. Uh, we're off the west coast of uh, Parry Island, and at the time he bought them, um, which was two years after he got blown into a protected bay out from being out sailing on the in Georgian Bay, and that's why he bought the, the main island because he was blown onto it. So pure chance. Um, uh, so at the time, uh, there was no road or rail link to Paris Sound, and they, they had to come up by boat from Port Severn. Um, so it was quite a trek, and we were actually the first um, people to buy in our area because um, I, I guess some there have been some uh, purchases down in the Honey Harbour area uh, at around that time. But um, so Yeah, when would this have been? Like around what time? 1881. Oh, wow. Okay. And then yeah. where did your, um, I guess, where did your ancestors come from? I, I know, oh, I can well, kind um, of, you know, guess where you're from, but. <laughs> okay. So my great, great grandfather was basically Scottish heritage. He was a third generation Canadian. Um, okay. And very, very much Scottish. His last name was Boyd. So it's his direct descendants that are occupying our group of islands now. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, and now we have, um, uh, let's see, uh, we have 23 islands in a circle and another one and a half islands uh, not too far away. The half island oh is the gosh. biggest piece of land. <laughs> so, oh, uh, my gosh. We have a, we're very lucky to have this heritage, and uh, thanks to my great-great-grandfather. And, um, and the, as a result of that, the family is kept together. Third and fourth cousins actually know each other. <laughs> it's wow, an unusual situation. That doesn't often happen. That doesn't often happen. No, it's it's quite unusual, I think. How many buildings do you think you have on on the islands? Uh not that many buildings. People are sharing cottages. Um so I mean there's there's roughly 200 people in the family, but only about 150 of them come up there regularly. Um And where where do they all come from? Um a, a lot from Ontario, but uh a, a lot from other uh, quite a few from Newfoundland, uh, some in Calgary, some in uh, BC, and then uh, those are my family, which are mainly in England, but actually they're a bit scattered around the globe. <laughs> so yeah. all, all over the place. So, uh, but the, I guess the bulk of the, the, the people who use the islands are, are based in Ontario. Oh my gosh, that's just so amazing. <laughs> How often would you go to the to the cottages? Do you go a lot? As often as possible, yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's everybody's answer. They just they're just like, Oh, any free chance every single second I can go, I I will go. Well, we don't have an office, uh, we're a virtual organization, so I can work from yeah. there as well as I can work from here. So 
Um, I know, because when I originally wanted to interview you, I was like, oh, maybe I can meet you at your office, but then I couldn't find an address. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> no, maybe are, that's not a thing. We're a lean, yeah. lean and mean organization. We don't need that overhead. That's perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just a few more questions about your cottage, just because, um, the you know, the main purpose of my podcast at the moment is uh, discovering cottage history and mm-hmm. per- people's um, individual stories. And it's just really fascinating. But I just wanted to ask you, like, are um, the cottages on these islands, are they are they um, original to the 1800s or no, have they built no, them over the, time? Uh... The, they did, the, 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 the main house that they built soon after purchase in 1881 it was taken down uh, 30 or 40 years ago. Um, but okay. there are, um, one of my cousins has a very large old cottage which was built in around 1930. Um, mm-hmm. And our large sleeping cabin was built at about around the same time. And our other smaller sleeping cabin was built in 1936. I know that because we reconfigured it and found a board with 1936 on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but, but our cottage uh, was relatively new, was built in 1961, the one I made. That's so funny that your newest one is in the, <laughs> the 60s. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, our old cottage is 1930, our new one, 1960. That's still, you know, 60 years ago it was, for the newest building. It was so new and grand when it was built that it was called the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. What do you? So, what do you guys so, love doing most at the cottage? Then, um, I think swimming is probably the number one activity <laughs> uh, when the water's yeah. warm enough. Um, quite a lot of fishing, uh, picnicking, walking, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of kicking back and reading. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, we don't have electricity. Um, we chose not to. We have we have the option to have it, but we don't want it. So, um, you know, there's very little TV watching. <laughs> yeah, I so. think that's that's you know how how we run our cottage too. We don't have a TV. Uh, we make, <laughs> so you guys on solar, and we don't have stereos. We make our own music. We sing, and a lot of people play the guitar and other instruments in the family. So we have great sing songs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful. Um, I can tell you. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a great thing no, to do. like that's what that's what cottaging is all about, honestly, is kind of disconnecting from yeah. everything and just enjoying what's what's there and really being um present and purposeful. And uh yeah, I think everyone just has a really special connection with Georgian Bay. Like I've I've probably interviewed about 10 to 15 people at this point and uh it's just like everyone has the same kind of nostalgic feeling when they come back to georgian bay and everyone just feels like it's their their home and Mm -hmm. i just i just love georgian bay so much and i'm so grateful that there's an association like gba that kind of you know listens to all of us and and can represent all of the cottagers who really care so much about it and um you know, it was really great to uh, hear you speak as well at the South the South Channel Association that I'm a part of. Right. Um, to kind of hear everything that the GBA is doing, because for so long, I just didn't really know. You know, I'm trying to 
you know, get more people involved and get more people um, to sign up to be a part of these associations because um, not only are you meeting all your neighbors, which I think is awesome and really important, you're also kind of learning what the association is actually doing for the community, which seems to be like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons we're able to do what we do is the um, the passion and the, and the feeling people have for the Georgian Bay and uh, that it's such a special place and they are really keen mm -hmm. to keep it that way. Um, and that's really mm -hmm. what, what we're all about is, you know, protecting the uh, ecological integrity of the, uh, of the uh, whole area. Um, yeah. So, um, if they didn't have that passion, I think we would be a fraction of what we are. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, everyone's love for the area. I just, I don't know another area, honestly, that people feel like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it makes total sense that um, the association has come to be what it is. I think it's so, so wonderful what everyone's doing. Is there anything that, you know, you'd want to talk about that the association is doing that maybe less people know that they're doing? Well, we're, we're currently uh, looking very closely at the issue of floating cottages. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that you've come across that one. Um, we're very concerned that these uh, floating accommodations, they should be uh, subject to municipal regulations and there needs to be some safeguards to ensure that they don't pollute through their uh, grey or black water or garbage for that matter. Um, and so, has the floating cottages mainly become an issue uh, in more recent history with more, the influx of people coming to not really no uh, I mean uh, with COVID this, this is uh, this issue has been around for at least twenty years um, and we've been following it um, it hasn't really become an issue we're just trying to get ahead of it before it becomes an issue um, so and be prepared to and, and to, to make sure the, the that uh, we're not trying to ban them. I mean, that's that would be foolish. Um, we're, we're just trying to make sure that they are properly regulated in the same way that uh, trailers are, reg are regulated and subject to uh, municipal taxes. Um, you know, these accommodation units should be treated in some similar way. And I guess um, if there's anyone listening to the podcast that um, is not a part of their cottage association, what would you say to them to kind of persuade them to join the GBA or their own, you know, cottage association, the 17 that are uh, right. linked to the GBA? Well, um, if they are in the uh, area for one of our cottage associations, the only way they, they can become a member of GBA is to join their cottage association. That's the uh, structure that we have. If they're outside of one of those areas, they can become an individual member of GBA, and all of that stuff is on our website. But really, uh, joining your local cottage association has benefits for everybody in, in the area beyond what GBA does. A lot, I mean, your local cottage association does is a ratepayer organization usually, so provides input into local councillors um, and, and uh, they have a lot of their own programs and uh, activities that uh, I would have thought most people would find attractive um, and, and beneficial. So, um, you know, there are there, there are distinct reasons to join your local cottage association besides GBA, but I think GBA adds quite a bit to the value proposition for, for doing so. Uh, we have re really good member benefits and stuff like that. Uh, 
to save money on insurance and life jackets and, and what have you. Um, and uh, we also uh, do a lot of work on boating and safety, and we have a wealth of information on our website about how to keep safe on the water and um, and all the rules and regs and uh, the do's and don'ts. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good information on your site. <laughs> I've been looking at it a lot recently. Please download what three apps on your uh, what three words rather onto your cell phone if, to make sure that you you know if you get into a situation the police or the emergency services anyway can actually find you even if you're in the middle of nowhere. It's an excellent app um, that we've been promoting. Um, I mean, it's it's free. Um, yeah, if you go into your Google store on your cell phone and look for what okay. numeral three words or one word, okay, um, it'll pop up and you just download it and there you go. And then if you ever do find yourself in a situation, you don't need internet access. You can use your cell phone service and uh, inform the police, uh, you know, where, where you, you know, if you call 911 and say, the three words of where you are, you open the program, it gives you the three words, you give those the emergency services. They absolutely love it. They want everyone to download it because it makes their job okay. so much easier and it's much safer for everyone that they can find them to, they know exactly where they are. It gives a 10 square yeah. meter uh, footprint for anywhere on earth, basically. So. Wow. Yeah, no, that's actually amazing. Yeah. Um, I would definitely recommend <laughs> that. It yeah. is pretty amazing, yeah. <laughs> What's great about, um, I'm in the South Channel Association, like I said, and, you know, I feel like being a part of that association, everyone's really looking out for each other, uh, especially um, when I we were talking about fire pumps. And we have this, yeah. you know, group chat on WhatsApp and, uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. several dozen, I think, honestly, um, fire pumps throughout the South Channel. And we're all in this WhatsApp group that basically if someone has a fire, everyone will be notified right away to where the fire is. Mm -hmm. And everybody in this chat is able to kind of help and, um, uh, you know, either warn the authorities or, you know, help like come and help with the fire. And I think just even, even that you just feel safer being part of this association where people care about the same things as you are there for each other and just can spread awareness about issues that everybody in that associate association agrees with. So I'm a huge fan mm -hmm. of being a part of uh, the South Channel and also the GBA. So just wanted to say thank you <laughs> for doing okay. this. It's just it's just so amazing. Yeah, most associations have a phone tree system or something to deal with fire response. Um, the, the bottom line is that we have no fire service. Uh, if you don't have a local... Um, set up to deal with fires um no one's going to get there in time to do anything useful to put it out um mnr or whatever so it's not going to happen um so it's pretty important and it's another really good reason to join your local cottage association because quite frankly fire is is you know probably the the biggest hazard for anyone cottaging out in uh, georgian bay um Mm -hmm. yeah. And if everyone, if anyone's seen a fire, a forest fire, it can just happen in seconds. Well, <laughs> like particularly where one rogue fire. Uh, we know that we're going to get hotter, drier summers going forward. Even if it's wet each side of that, it's going to get hot and dry in the middle of the summer at some point. Uh, the, the the risk of fire is going to increase uh, every year. 
um, and there are going to be more fires every year as a result. Um, so being prepared, being ready, having the right structure in place through your local cottage association to, uh, you know, so that you know your neighbours are going to come to your assistance and help put you put it out. Um, it's really, really important. There's a lot of info on our website on fire too, actually, <laughs> and all the things you can do at your cottage to lower the risk of the fire actually burning your cottage down. Yeah, Sorry. and the website, if I'm correct, is just georgianbay.ca. That is correct, yes. Okay, so anyone listening, if they wanted to check out the Georgian Bay Association, you would just go to georgianbay.ca and there's tabs at the top that kind of lead you through every aspect that we've been talking about, including, I can see here, there's like boating safety, safety, fisheries, lands and forests. So uh, I would definitely recommend going and checking out the website because there's a lot of information on here that is very, very useful for anybody on Georgian Bay. So You'll also find a link to your local cottage association there as well yes yes i actually was looking at that to see like how many there are because there's so many <laughs> and uh there's just so many different areas of georgian bay to discover it's amazing it is amazing but, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful yes. uh, resource that we have <laughs> and we're lucky I know. we're lucky to be in the province of ontario to enjoy it <laughs> i know i was going to ask you too where you're you're i'm assuming you're from england i was born in london yes Yes, um, yes, but I've okay. now I've now lived more years in Canada than I have in England. So, wow! So. And where did you actually live in England? Um, mainly in London, but also in Kent. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in England down in Cornwall. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely part. Is there anything else you would like to say to anyone listening about the GBA? No, I think we've probably covered everything, Katie. Yeah, that's. I know. Yeah. I, I just want to say thank you so much again for doing what you do. And um, I really think the GBA is such a great uh, association and I'm really glad to be a part of it. And yeah, I just uh, want to say thank you personally for taking the time out of your, your busy day to speak to me. Uh, no problem. I'm very happy to do that. Katie, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you yeah. for your kind words. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode. I so appreciate every single listener that tunes in, every single reader that reads the blog, rewinddesign.ca. The best thing you can do for me to support me in this journey is to either follow along on Spotify, Apple Music, or whichever platform you listen to, click that follow button. The second best thing you can do is share this podcast to your friends and family. If anyone you know might be interested, just forward this along to them and tell them to take a, take a listen or take a peek at my website. And if you're interested in supporting me further, I also have a Patreon account where you can donate $5 a month to the podcast and a portion of that will also go to the Georgian Bay Land Trust and that is patreon.com slash rewind design. No pressure to do any of that. I am just so happy if you're listening to this and if you love Cottage Country and Georgian Bay and Muskoka as much as I do. So thank you again so much and stay tuned for another episode in three weeks. Bye! Bye!